I'm going to move this just in case I start reading out of it. Okay. All right. So this week we are continuing to engage the battle. Let me try that again. This week we continue to engage the battle. All right. So um, Deuteronomy 22, 4, it says, when you are about to engage in battle, and the word, the, the active word is when you are about to engage in the battle. The priest, took, uh, the priest is to come forward and address the army. He has, to say to the, he has to say to them, Listen, Israel, today you are about to engage in battle with your enemies. Do not be cowardly. Do not be afraid, alarmed, or terrified because of them. The Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemy to give you victory. See, this is the theme for the week and this is the theme for the year. That we are about to be engaged in the battle. And when I think about this, to me, it's more that we need to be prepared. Yeah. Right? We need to be prepared. The battle is imminent. Yeah. Right? The battle is imminent, but we need to be prepared. Yeah. So how do we get prepared? And so today we're going to be looking at two Bible stories. And these Bible stories are stories you probably have heard about them. They have been preached on. It's things that you've heard. So I'm not going to go too much into details. But I'm going to go to the, the highlight part because I'm giving you guys a homework. One of the stories is the 300 men that went and won the battle. You guys know about that? Yeah. Okay, let me try that again. So one of the stories about the 300 men from the many who are down all the way to 300. Yeah. You guys know that, that story? Yeah. And then the next one, you guys have to wait until the end so you can know. I don't want you guys walking home. All right. So in Judges 6 to 7... The Israelites are, have been given over to their sins because they are not following Christ. They are not listening to Christ. So God gives over to their sins. And so with that, they are oppressed by the Midians for about seven years. Sounds familiar? Right? They cry out to God and God sends an angel. And that angel goes to Gideon and assures him of victory. After Gideon says, I'm not able, I'm not capable. But God, the angel tells him, you mighty man, you will overcome. Right? So he's given an assignment, and the assignment is he goes down and tears the Baal altar and the Asherah poles. Then he builds an altar for the Lord and offers sacrifice to God. So he does that at night, and the people come in the morning and they say, hey, who did this? We're going to kill him. But in the process of that, his father says, let's Baal judge him, because if Baal is God, let him judge him. So they, they, don't, end up, uh, they don't end up killing him because nothing, nothing, nothing ended up happening. So Gideon is told that he's going to go to war. He, calls, he prays on God and says, I am scared. I don't, know how I, I don't know how I can do this. He takes the fleece and pulls it out a couple of times, and God still confirms it because God can work even in our weakness, right? Yeah. Then he gathers men, and he gathers 32,000 men from different tribes. He gathers 32,000 men. And remember what I told you about the story? It goes from 32 all the way to 300. That's a big number, right? So what happened? What, what are we to learn from this? So the first point for me is the fighting, last, uh, the fighting started last night. The fighting started last night. And when I say last night, I'm not talking about last night. Last night, I'm talking the day before you go to fighting. If you're waking up in the morning to fight, your fight should have started yesterday or last night. So let's look at Judges 6, 25 to 27. That, that night, the Lord said to Gideon, Take your father's bull, 
the second bull seven year old and pull down the altar of Baal that your father has, to, has and cut down the ashrapple that is beside it. And build an altar to the Lord your God on top of the stronghold with stones laid in proper order. Then take the second bull and offering burnt, uh, offer the burnt sacrifice with the wood of Asher, which you shall cut down. Then Gideon took ten men of his servant and did as the Lord has told him. But because he was too afraid of his father's household and the men of the city, it was done. It was it, it, a city to do it by day. He did it by night. See, the battle did not start for Gideon the day that he took the 300 men and went fighting. It started when he resolved that he was not going to be afraid no matter what happened, no matter how he felt, he was still going to be obedient to God. He had a choice where he had to be like, I will let the fear consume me or I'm going to listen to God because at the end, there is no way past it. It has to be through God that we can be able to overcome that. See, it starts with us. We can't lead an army or be part of an army unless we work on ourselves first. And Pastor Christo talked about consecrating ourselves. There is no way you're going to be called to go do something greater if you haven't grown yourself. If I'm going to build somebody up, I can only build somebody to the extent that I've grown. Right? Because how am I going to pour into you if my cup is empty? Right? And so it has to start with us. And the first thing is we have to have boldness. See, if it's of the Lord, it should not be complicated. I'll let that one see it. Really, if it's of the Lord, there should be no stress. It shouldn't be complicated. It should not be keeping you up at night because guess what? If it's of the Lord, you're just following directions. But if it's of you, then you're trying to figure out how to do it. You're trying to figure out how to overcome it. There's so much pressure on you, then you are the one who's taking over. And though the boldness doesn't come from you doing it, but boldness comes from trusting that the Lord has it. And you know what? It is one thing when there is a war or a battle going around your life and in your neighborhood, it next on your doorstep and you're sleeping at night knowing that God is going to take care of you tomorrow. He's going to take you through the night, right? So the boldness that, we have, that I'm talking about is not the boldness to go and take over and do it on your own. It's the boldness to know that no matter where I'm at, no matter what goes on, that Christ is going to take care of me. Yeah. We have to be all in. Yeah. See, with Gideon, he tore down the altar, burned the ashrapore, and built an altar, and sacrificed. Think about those things. He's destroying the God that these people have been, have been praying for a long time. And he comes in and he just doesn't break it down and just let it be. But he does exactly what God tells him. He breaks the altar. That's one thing at night. He burns the pole. Then he builds an altar. And then he sacrifices to God. Talk about boldness, right? He's all in, right? Okay, let me try that again. He's all in, right? Yeah, we're going to interact. This thing doesn't work one way. Okay. And so he does that. And then on top of that, because I love the Bible, he takes the, the wood that he got from the ashrapos and uses it as firewood. That's the God that we serve. Right? See, when he was called by God to do what he was called to do, he didn't just wound the enemy. He went all out and tore down the enemy. Right? And I'll tell you what, a guy who comes from Africa, where there's wildlife, right? There are two, there's two types of animals that you don't want to encounter at night. One thing you don't want to encounter, you don't want to encounter a mom 
and uh, you know, uh, a, a mom and the kids, or like a lion and the cubs. You know what I mean, right? You don't encounter that because she is very, very protective. The next animal that you don't want to encounter is a wounded animal. Because with that, there is no way that it's either you or the animal because they have already experienced what's going on with them, right? And so what happens with us as Christian is we get to a point where we are fighting something, whether it's a prayer or, or we are fasting or we are praying, and then we see a little bit of victory, and then we stop. And all we did was just wound the animal, and the devil continues to come. See, with Gideon, he didn't do that. He didn't just do half of what God was telling him. He did everything, all this step, to a point where there was nothing standing, only the altar of God. How's your prayer life? How are you doing when you, sing, when you, you set your mind and God tells you, like, let's think about like this week we are praying and fasting, and you get to day three and you're seeing some victory, or it's becoming a little bit tough. Are you willing to be all in? Are you willing to go to the extent where you have to do everything that you need to be, to be done because God has told you to do that? Yeah. See, we talk about this a lot of time in my house um, with my daughter, mostly Simone. We talk about boxing, not that because I'm a boxer or anything. I could be. Don't mess with me. Um, <laughs> but very fast. I'm Kenyan, so okay. But we talk about boxing, and we, talk about the, we look at the people who are boxing. When you're boxing, what's your position of your hands? Uh, what happens when you start putting them down? You lose, right? But what happens again, the same way is we are boxing and we are fighting the enemy and we have our hands up and we know exactly what's happening. But the minute we see the enemy down a little bit, when we see the enemy is, is, oh, he's down for a minute, we put our hands down and what happens? We go sucker punched. And then it's hard for us to get up again. We need to be all in. It's called street fighting. You don't get up until the guy is completely down. And in a spiritual way, the enemy has no rules. He has no rules. He's a street fighter. And the problem with that is not that we do not know that we don't know the tools that to fight. It's not that we don't have the strength to fight. It's just that we are giving up the fight too fast. We are not all in. We need to be all in. So what's stopping you from being all in? Is it lack of cardio? Is it lack of strength? Or is it laziness? Because when you talk about lack of cardio, we are talking about endurance. How do you get endurance? You get endurance by reading the word of God, by fasting, by praying, right? By seeking God. That's how you get that, you get that, that cardio. How do you build your muscle and strength? Guess what? By praying, by fasting, by reading the word of God, right? How do you get out of laziness? By praying, by reading the word of God, right? So, see, this is the beautiful thing about it, right? You don't have to do anything outside and anything extra. You just have to do the basic things. Because the fight is not ours, we talked about. We've sung that, right? God is not saying, go out there and fight. Go out there and take. He's saying, seek me fast in my righteousness. And then everything will be added to you. Are you all in today? We have to be prepared. The battle starts before you get to the, to the battleground. My second point is this. Get rid of excuses. Get rid of excuses. 
Judges 6, 31, 32 says, So Joash said to all whom stood against him. Joash was um, uh, Gideon's uh, dad. He says, Joash said to, to all who stood against him, Will you contend for Baal, or will you save him? He who contends for Baal, let him be put to death where he's still mourning. If Baal is a god with a small g, let him contend for himself because no one has put down his altar. Therefore, on the day he called Gideon, Jerubal, meaning, so therefore, I'll repeat. Therefore, on that day, he called Gideon, Jerubal, meaning, let Baal contend against him because he had put down his altar. So Gideon's name is changed. And now he's, he's called Jerubal, which is, let Baal judge him, which reflect death, which reflect a curse. And if you look at Judge 7, 1, it says, then Jerubal, that, uh, then Jerubal, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the spring of Herod, and the camp of Midian was north of them with the hills of Moor in the valley. So Gideon, who's Jerubal, went to war against the mighty force bearing the name that he had been given. How many of us are giving up because of what people have called us? How many of us are giving up because of what people have called us? How many people are giving up because somebody said something bad to you? How many people are saying, are giving up because they feel that people don't like them, people are against them, all these things. This is a mighty man of God who is going to war with a cast name, but it doesn't change the results because his hope is in Christ. I wish we would examine ourselves because every single day I'm, we meet people who are saying, oh, I can't do, I can't go to church because I've been hard, I've been church hard. Oh, I don't, I don't hang out with those people because they said A, B, C, D. Oh, I don't like that group of people because of that. Then guess what? You can now be used by God. You will now be used by God because God does not care what they call you. God cares about what he calls you. Yeah. And in this case, yeah. it didn't matter what Gideon was named, even though it was a curse, it mattered that he followed what Christ wanted. Yes. Are you all in today? Yes. Oh, I can't, I, can, I can't do that because this happened to me. Oh, I can't engage because people don't like me. I, don't, I can't engage because I speak in a funny way. I can't engage because there is restrictions and the government is holding us back. Really? Seriously? Look about Gideon gets a name that is death. A curse that is going to kill him, if any. Right? Well, that's what people think. Right? But he continues. He wakes up in the morning and continues to fight. Yeah, we have restrictions, and then that becomes the thing that holds us back. How are we going to go into battle if we cannot let small things like those, if we can let small things like those stop us? How are we going to go to battle? Are you all in today? See, you can still fight if you're willing. You can still fight if you're willing. See, the enemy will assemble and will not give you time to nurse your feelings. He's not. Right? He's not going to give you time to work on your excuses. Guess what? Well, this was happening. Well, they were talking about the Asherah poles and all those things. The army was still gathering. 
The army was still go- the army that was coming against them was still gathering. It didn't matter. And guess what? Tonight, no matter what you're going through, no matter what's happening, the enemy is still planning against you. My third point is this. Are you guys awake? Resolve to make the cut. Did you make the cut? Resolve to make the cut. Judges 7.2 says, The Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many. Give me the give uh, for, for too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Let Israel boast about themselves. Least Israel boast against themselves, saying, "My own hands have delivered me." See, not every person that answers the cry for the battle is capable of fighting. Not everybody who answers the call for battle is capable of praying, right? Because we have to let God examine us in order for us to be able to get there. Gideon asked anyone who was afraid to go home. That's the 22,000 people that left. He said, if you are scared and if you have family at home, if you have anything that's holding you back, guess what? Just go ahead and go home. And 22,000 people, 22,000 army men left. How many are left? 10,000. Ah, good job. (laughs) Okay. So 22,000 left. Remember, we started with 32. It's not a trick question. Then, <laughs> then, then we got 32, and now we have 10 left, right? So my question is this. Are you doing your part, or are you hoping to hide among the crowd, to appear like you are part of the crowd, only to weaken them in the middle? Let me try again. Are you doing your part, or are you hiding in the middle, hoping that nobody sees you, and in the process you're weakening the group because you're supposed to watch each other's back? Because see, God knew. God knew. He knew that even if he took these 22,000, they were just going to just be there. They were not going to fight. How many of us in church are we that part of the 22? That we seem that we are together, but at the end of it all, we can't wait for to go to our lives to go to our things that are going. We are scared and we are not saying it. We are not asking for help. Gideon was scared. But guess what? He told the Lord and the Lord helped him. Right? There's somebody who wrote on uh, EnduringWords.com. He says, We rarely think that bigness can be a hindrance to the work of God. Yet it is harder to truly rely on God when we have many wonderful resources at hand. Though it's certain that, though it certainly can be done, it is hard to be big and to rely only on the Lord. When we are big, it is possible to do a lot in human resources and give the credit to God. Yeah. So what that verse is saying is, yes, you can still do a major things with a lot of people. But guess what? Most of the time when we have the resources, when we do not rely on Christ, but yet we want to be seen as Christians, what happens is we do these massive things and then we say, it's God help. But God doesn't want lip service. God wants your heart. Judges 7, 4, the Lord said to Gideon, the men are still many. Bring them down to the water and I will test them for you there. And with whom I say to you, this man shall go with you, shall go with you. And whom I say to you, this man shall not go with you, he shall not go with you. So he brings them to the water, and they drink. And depending on how they drank, they say some of them knelt down and they started taking water with their hands. Other people, they put 
their stuff down, and they got comfortable. And guess what? God says, you are not a lady. You are not alert. So guess what? You can go home. You are not worth to fight. You are not worth to fight for me. How many times have we come so close in our lives? We've come so close to what God is asking us, but then we'll become comfortable with where we are. We pray to God, God, help me to fix my marriage. God, help me to have this job. God, help me to work this thing. And you are crying unto God and you get there. And then that same thing that God has given you become a shackle. And now you become comfortable. I like what the Bible says. This man says, God says, whoever I say shall go with you is whom you shall shall go with. And whoever says they shall not go with you is the person you are not going to go with. When God looks at us, what is he saying? Yeah. If he's choosing and saying who's going to battle for him, yeah. is he saying, you can go with me, you can go with me, you cannot go with me, you cannot go with me? Ask God and ask him, where am I in this battle? If today we had to go against an army, would you be going or would you be staying? Yeah. Can you be counted worthy to be part, to be there at the end? Are we all in? Another person would from Enduring Word says, we might, we might say to that God elimit, eliminate, eliminated the fearful and those who fought for us only, uh, only of convenience. The easy way, the thought is disturbing, but it may well be true that compassion, com, uh, composition of God's army to fight certain hosts in any day is, real, is really a little difference. How many Christians are so fearful of the enemy that they are, they are that they are of no real use in a warfare, and how many of the remainder are so self-centered rather than God-centered that they find little place to be effect, in effect, to, for effective ministry. So what is he saying is, most, how many Christians are fearful that even if they went to battle, they cannot be effective? And then how many, how many Christians are so self-centered that even all they are looking for is just effective ministries? So they can be seen that I'm in children ministry. That I can be seen in other ministry and people that think that I'm, working, that I'm doing the right thing. See, this week we've been asking you to engage in battle. Do not be afraid and do not expect comfort. Resolve today that you are all in and there is no excuse to retreat. And I know that we, it's easy for us to talk about these things and say, hey, let's charge for the battle. And I know some of us are saying, yes, I want to be part of the 300. However... This is more than I can handle. And there's nothing wrong with that. Gideon did say that. I don't even think I can be part of the 32,000, leave alone the, 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 the 10,000 that was remaining. Well, guess what? I'm going to give you a second story. Ready? You guys with me? The story of Elijah's servant. You guys know that story? Seven people. You guys know the story of Elijah's servants? I'm not going to get you guys sleeping. We have to keep talking, right? <laughs> so the story of Elijah, and again, these are your homeworks. You guys read the stories of Gideon. Go read the story of Elijah. If you don't remember, then everything will come together, right? Who's going to do their homework? 25%. I like it. Okay. <laughs> Second, so um, king of Syria was making war against the Israelites, and every time he planned where to attack, the Israelites would know. And so he's like... What's going on? And then it happens that Elijah, the man of God, was being told everything that he was planning. 
So if you look at 2 Kings 6, 12 to 13, one of, one of his servants said, None of us is helping him, my lord, O king. But Elisha, the prophet who is uh, in Israel, tell the king... Tell the king of Israel the words that you speak. Tell the, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in the bedroom. So he said, go and see where he is, so I may send men to seize him. And he, say, he, and he told, he is in Dathon. So he sent horses and chariots and powerful army there. They came by night and surrounded the city. The servant of the man of God got up early and went, and behold, there was an army with horses and chariots and succoring the city. Elijah's servant said to him, Oh, my master, what are we to do? And I just say, answered, do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. This story, we've read it, we've talked about it. And personally, it's amazing to get his eyes open and see all the chariots of fire around him. But I think before we go, the most powerful statement was, oh, my master, what are we going to do? Yeah. Oh, my master. What are we going to do? See, when he said that, what he was saying is, I cannot do this on my own. I don't think I have the power to do it. I, this is too much that I can bear. He was vulnerable. He was vulnerable saying, I need help. And I wonder in our lives if we can get to a point where that we don't think that we can be po- it can be possible for us to do things. That we can cry to our one God and say, oh my Lord, what can I do? Yes. Oh my Lord, my marriage is failing. Oh my Lord, my kids have walked away from Christ. Oh my Lord, I am sick. My wife is sick. I lost my job. This addiction is killing me and I can't seem to get a hold of it. Oh my Lord, I take three steps forward to victory only to fall back ten times. Who's willing to call unto the Lord? Because the first step of victory is accepting where you are. We have to recognize the inability for us to overcome on our own. We have to recognize the inability to overcome on our own. We have to know that we have to call upon the Lord. We have to recognize that that which is against us so then that way we can know if we need to be engaged in battle. Yeah. The servant man got up early in the morning and went, and behold, there was a army of horses and chariots surrounding them. See, just like the other story, the enemy is still gathering. Right. Remember the first story? Even what was going on, he was still gathering. This time around, he's still gathering. The difference between the two stories is this time round, guess what? God, God is saying, you know what? Be open to me. Tell me what's going on and I'll take care of you. Yeah. See, every day we battle. The enemy has and will continue to want to kill you, to steal you, to steal and to destroy. He wants to kill everything you have. He wants to kill you to the end. He wants to steal your hope. And we've seen that in 2019, right? Yeah. And he wants to destroy everything that you have. Yeah. Don't be ashamed to cry out. You know, even Gideon himself, he cried out. He said, hey, yo. <laughs> right? He sent people for chariot. He, he, he went for the tribe of Manasseh, Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali. He called out. He said, hey, yo, I need some help. <laughs> Tonight I'm asking you, are you doing it on your own? Or are you getting to a point where it gets to a point where you need to call out and say, hey, yo, I need some backup. Tap the person next to you with your elbow and say, hey, yo. That was super weak. After that, they're not coming. 
See, this year, this year, 2021, we have to be vulnerable if we are going to win this battle. We have to be vulnerable because there is strength in numbers. And there is no way for a single individuality uh, fight. You have to be part of a group. None of these people, think about it. Even though this battle was fought by Christ, guess what? He still needed people to come together. So even though the battle doesn't belong to us, our due diligence is to stay strong together as Christians. It's only, it's only that when we, victory starts, when we do it together. Second Kings 6, 16, 17, it says, Elijah answered, Fear not, for those who are with us are more than those with them. Then Elijah prayed to the Lord, and he opened his eye to see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes, so, and behold, the mountains were full of horses and chariots and fire around, Elijah, uh, around about Elijah. So tonight... I pray that you have the courage to say, Oh my Lord, what shall I do? I pray that you have the courage to cry out for help. I pray that there is no pride that holds you back to know that you need Christ. I pray that we as Christians, that when our brothers and sisters say, Hey, yo, I need help, that we will rush and help them out. I hope that we don't see somebody being borrowed and then we retreat to save ourselves. Are you all in? See, this week we are asking you a lot, but I'm going to ask you for three things. The first thing I'm going to ask you to is get up and go and see what's happening. Let's get out of our comfortable life. Let's put our phones down. Let's put all the stuff that we have around and go out and see what's happening in our community with our friends, with the things that we have. The second thing is recognize that we are under attack and do something about it. Just being part of a group is not enough you will be cut. And the third thing is, let's recognize that the battle belongs to Christ. And he has our back. Judges 7, I'm not done. We still have like 10 minutes. Judges, Judges 7, 1926, it was just after midnight, after the changing of the guard, when Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the Midian camp. Suddenly, they blew the ram horns and broke their jars. Then all three groups, he had divided them in three groups, blew the horns and broke the jars. They held the blazing torch in their left hand and the horns in their right hand, and they shouted, A sword for the Lord and Gideon. Each man stood at their position around the camp and watched as all the Midianites rushed around in panic, shouting as they ran to escape. When the 300 soldiers blew their ram horns, and the Lord caused the warriors in the camp to fight against each of them, each, each with their sword. Those who were not killed fled and, to places as far as Bethshida, uh, near Zerah, and the border. So what's happening here is very, very clear. The 300 didn't even have to fight. If the 32,000 had their eyes open like Elijah's servant, they would have known that they didn't even have to physically fight that the battle belonged to Christ. See, we are getting so scared even before we get to that point. Can you imagine if the 32 had all their eyes open and they knew that all they had to do was take a torch and break a jar and then continue? Tonight, that's our God. That's the God that we serve. 
We might think the devil want to put things in our mind and this is how the battle is going to be. Oh, the government is doing A, B, C, D. Oh, you cannot imagine to be a Christian. You cannot stand to be a Christian. You know what? Forget all that because I've seen what our God does. 32,300. And they didn't even have to draw their swords. That's the God that we serve. Today, Angie, Today, you are about to engage in battle with your enemies. Do not be cowardly. Do not be afraid, alarmed, or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is who goes before you. For the Lord your God is who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies and gives you victory. Are you all in? Are you all in? Let's pray. Mighty King of glory, we thank you, Father, because, Lord, you say your thinking is higher than our thinking, God. And, and if, anything, if, if there is anything, Father, that we learn today, Lord, is to know that Jehovah God, the, the battles that we, we, we formulate in our minds and the things that we think we're going to do or the way that things are going to happen, Lord, they just don't because, Father, you've already gone before us, King of glory, God. I thank you, Father, for your encouragement today, Lord. That Jehovah God, if we are all in, Lord, that you will give us the way and, and the strength to overcome, King of glory, God. God, I personally know that I want to be all in, God. I personally know that I want to be all in, King of glory, God. Jehovah God, anything that's holding us back, Lord, Father, we lay it at the altar today in the name of Jesus, Father. Anything that's holding our church back, O King of glory, God, as we battle forward, O King of glory, as we move forward, O King of glory, God, I pray, Father, that no one is left behind, O God. I pray, Jehovah God, Father, that we may have eyes focused on you, Lord. That our mind may be focused on you, O King of glory, God. That our hearts may be focused on you, O King of glory, Jesus. So, Lord, we don't give up, Father, even when the battle hasn't started. And we don't give up even a battle that we are not even going to fight, Father. Because as our dad, Father, you got us in your hand. I pray for your people tonight, myself included, O King of glory, God. I pray that your spirit will rest in their hearts, O God. That Jehovah God, you will show them in the areas of their life, Father, where they are not all in, myself included, O King of glory, God. Because, Lord, we are here tonight, Father, because we want to fight, Lord. We want to fight to be in your presence, Father. Because, Father, you say, seek you first in your righteousness, Lord. And everything, victory, Father, will be given unto us, O Lord. If you are here tonight and you haven't given your life to Christ, I'm going to give you an opportunity to give your life to Christ. The reason you want to give your life to Christ is because God is only going to fight for his own children. And if you're online too, if you want to give your life to Christ, we can do that too. We can do that as well. God is not going to fight for you. He's going to welcome you and pull you to his camp, but he's not going to leave to go and fight for you if you're not in his camp. So if that's you and you want me to pray for you, go ahead and raise your hand. We'll pray together. If you're online, Go ahead and pray and say, Lord, I invite you in my heart. Renew me, change me. Let me live for you. In Jesus' name. And if you prayed in you pray that prayer, that means you've been born again. Find a local church and or come here. We'll we'll continue to pray together. Mighty King of Glory, we thank you tonight. I pray a covering over this word right now in the precious name of Jesus God. I pray that the enemy does not have any stake on it at all. 
I pray, Jehovah God, Lord, that you will remind us, Holy Spirit, remind us of what we learned today, Lord. Anything, Jehovah God, has been stirred in our heart today, Lord. Let it not go to waste, O oh God. Let us be a fertile soil that has received the seed, O oh God, that we may bear fruit, O oh King of Glory, God. Jehovah God, thank you for working our hearts, God, giving us the strength, O oh King of Glory, God, and leading us and guiding us, O oh God, and loving on us. We worship you tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray and believe. Amen. Hey, we want to thank you so much for being online with us today. I want to remind you, if you're not a follower on Facebook, please like our page on YouTube. Please subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. Tell all your friends. Continue to watch online. We thank you for watching. We love you so much. Have a great day.